As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Pod on the Tyne. I'm Taylor Payne and coming up on the show this week. One week in takeover land, what has been going on? P45 or B1000, will Steve make it to Sunday? Mags measured, the results are in from the Athletics Newcastle fan survey. And a hurricane alert in anyone, but could Spurs actually boost our fortunes again? Yes, hello and welcome once again. This is Pod on the Time, your go-to Newcastle United podcast from the Athletic. Have we all sobered up yet? Have we all still got jobs? Has the other half let you back into the house after last week's scenes. Well, we hope you didn't go too hard last week because normality has returned, even if it's in this strange and mysterious new normal. And here with me, as always, are my two Bobby Dazzlers, uh, Mr. Chris Woff, the Athletics Newcastle United correspondent, and our senior writer, George Colkin. Uh, afternoon, chaps. George, how are you doing? It's been a hell of a week, hasn't it? <sighs> yes, I've, I've kind of reached a level of fatigue that I don't think I've experienced for a very long time. I have to say, I do think this is the craziest, craziest week I've gone through as a football writer. I mean, part of it is that I'm older now and, you know, I've been through sort of takeovers before. I mean, I've, you know, lived through the first Mike Ashley takeover. And a lot and, of non-takeovers. And also many, very many non-takeovers <laughs> and sackings and things like this. But it's just been astonishing. It's been yeah. astonishing for good. It's been astonishing for bad. There's been, it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Very, you know, struggling to sleep, you know, just constantly going through... Uh, the head and sort of days upon days of taking phone calls and, and making phone calls and things like that. But yeah, I'm 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 here. Here we are, a week on from our emergency pod, and um, not really a lot has uh, has changed. But yeah, I'm okay. How about you? 
Not too bad, not too bad. It's been a strange week, hasn't it? It's been one of those ones where there's there's been a lot of... Um, it, it's been a, a week of thought, I think, from a lot of fans' point of views. Um, there's been quite a bit of soul-searching, uh, and it's it's just so strange. It's not a situation that I'm used to being in this. It's so it's going to take a bit of time to adjust to and get and get used to it. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, you know, have you managed to hold on to your sanity? I mean, I don't know if I had that would suggest I had it to begin with, but um, but a very loose <laughs> grip. I think you had a very exactly. loose grip. Uh, it's um... no, as George says, it's almost like the, the the weeks have all merged into one. It's been exciting. It's been a thrilling to cover. It's been difficult in many ways, uh, as George says. So many phone calls, constant in terms of uh, writing different ideas that that people have had. So many different difficult topics to cover as well as you as you touched upon taylor and then also as george said a week of where actually when you look back on it what is what has actually happened um so it's yeah it's it's a very it's a very very strange one it seems to have gone a million miles an hour but when you actually sit back how much further forward we actually are is probably something we're gonna well we're gonna get into in this podcast isn't it it is yeah i mean george we're a week we're a week down the line now and you know we've had numerous articles written we've seen lots and lots of interviews there's been an awful lot of uh, talk about this takeover from all parts of the media and from fans alike from different cl- countries and uh, different clubs and stuff like that. Um, but in reality, not an awful lot has happened in this week, has it? Well, no, that's the thing. I mean, Chris and I, Chris and I, are writing about this at the moment. Um, you know, everything has changed, and yet nothing has changed. So, in terms <laughs> of the clubs, clubs ownership, and in terms of the clubs' outlook, in terms of what's been said and how it's been said and who it's been said to, it's all completely different. But, you know, nobody's been sacked, nobody's been appointed, and so here we are. So Lee Charney's still there, Steve Bruce is, is still there, and, um, you know, yeah, we're recording this on Thursday night, and um, all the indications at this point are that he'll be there sort of in the dugout um, against Spurs on Sunday, which I don't think we expected mm. a week ago. I mean, I will caveat that, because in the, in the stuff that that Chris and I have been writing, we've, we have tried to sort of point out that, that um, these, this decision-making process, at least at the start, is going to take, is going to take a lot of time. And I think, um, but I also know from, you know, the experience of doing stories like this, albeit not on this magnitude, we all do fall over ourselves and we do get ahead of ourselves. And, you know, my my understanding, you know, my understanding and my, my, my sort of very, very strong expectation is that Steve Bruce will will go soon. But uh, but yeah, it looks like he's going to be there on Sunday. I'm not sure. I don't feel particularly comfortable with that. I mean, I think in, the, in terms of the, the bigger picture of where the club are and where they want to go to, you know, so what in some ways? And I'm sure that the atmosphere you know, will be will be very positive, certainly to start with. But, you know, you only get one attempt to have a first game. You know, you only get one go at that. And my my kind of concern would be that if things um things go wrong on the pitch, that the the I mean, you know, if Graham Jones had been caretaker manager, there's no you know, there's no you know, there's no guarantee that Newcastle would win. But um it would have felt more like a clean you know, it would have felt more like a clean slate. I mean we'll come on yeah, we'll maybe come on in a bit to some of the reasons for, for this for this delay. But yeah, it's a sort of it's a very strange situation. The stuff that the owners have said, both in public to uh, to the media and you know and directly to fans, and that they've said within the club are all very very positive, and it's all exactly the kind of stuff you'd want to hear. But yeah, the I mean, the, the decisions externally have just not been taken yet. 
so with all with all that in mind, Chris, does does Bruce still being in the dugout on Sunday? Does this sour the moment for Newcastle fans, in your opinion? Well, I think different fans will see it in different ways, and we've seen that on social media already. For some, I think that it, that it will do, and I, I I still think, regardless, for for so many, this is this is going to be the start of the new era, and this is they're they're not really going to pay attention to Steve Bruce being there. But for others, it's sort of almost that reminder of the previous regime. He is inextricably linked yeah, with Mike Ashy and the Mike Ashy tenure, and that's what I think is the issue here: is that that, that there should have been that clean break and. The, the issue I have most in terms of where we've got to at this point on Thursday at, at, at five to six is that if Steve Bruce was still going to be there in the dugout on Sunday, that should have been communicated earlier in the week. And I think that the, mm. the problem is yeah, that we've got to this stage where we're still not 100% sure he is going to be there even now. He is due to face the media tomorrow, but the press conference usually would be at half nine on a Friday. It's going to be at 1.30pm, which is later than usual, still gives him a little bit more time. It also, we only got the announcement through this afternoon, where, well, the email that comes through to reporters this afternoon, usually it would come through on a Tuesday or Wednesday, so they've delayed that, and it just feels like... Um, this has just been allowed to linger and there needed to be a little bit of clarity and that you just fear how that's filtered through onto the training ground when the players have seen all the reports about the Steve Bruce may go, what is going to happen there, are they looking at Graham Jones and thinking this guy's in charge, they're looking at Steve Bruce and he's in charge. I just think that it, 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 it feels a little bit messy and it, and it should have been sorted in, in a different way. We're going to get onto the reasons why it may not have been resolved in, in in by now, but equally it just feels like they should have seen ahead, foreseen this and really made a decision earlier on. George, is this is this a situation where Amanda Stavely and, and Maydag Gadusi don't have final say on this decision? Is this is that what we're is that what we're dealing with here? I think that's fair to say at this point. I mean we have to sort of we have to sort of remember that this is kind of I mean, it hasn't started from scratch because they've been, you know, they've been around the place for eighteen months. But into, you know, this is a. They got the keys to it, and and um, here they are now running a club. And yes, I think the big decisions <laughs> are going, you know, are going back to PIF, and I think that's the, I think that's what we're waiting for, effectively. Um, the, you know, some of the, some of the very sort of impressive parts of the last week is that they've been. You know, and, and Amanda Staveley said this when I spoke to her last Thursday that the first thing we're going to do is listen, and they've done a lot of that, and you know that's that's really good. I think they had a fairly clear idea about how what you know what they wanted to do, and um, it's just not happened. And so yeah, my the way that I read this is that um, you know those big things are going back to PIF now. I think kind of 18 months ago, they'd got themselves into a position where they thought that when they come in, there would be a sort of chain of command and they'd been given sort of uh, sort of freedom to sort of uh, take take more decisions on site. I think because of the delays and all that, I think, I think it's reverted um, to a sort of slightly more confused um, position. And so kind of they've got, got ahead of themselves and then we've all got ahead of ourselves and... You know, at the same time, I just go back to that interview that she did last week, or those interviews that she did last week, when she's saying, you know, yes, yes, we're we're looking to win the title within five years, but I don't want to overpromise, <laughs> and um, you know, it's going to be a slow process. Well, I think the first thing we have to think about is the slow process, and if there's a month, if there's a month or two of this, whilst they find their feet and get their feet under the table, and so so on and so forth, I think that's okay. It hasn't quite been the clean break that that we thought would happen, and 
again, if you take a step away from that, it doesn't matter too much, or it might not matter too much. But then again, if we, you know, if Newcastle lose three nil to Spurs, I think we'll be talking about a sort of missed opportunity. And I, that's how it feels to me. It feels like um, you only get you only get one chance to have a first game, and you want to try and set a tone as much as possible. Um, and there has, as Chris says, there has been a bit of confusion on the training pitch. What do players want? If you t- if you talk to the players, um, they'll tell you that what they want is certainty. And on the training ground, there's been almost no certainty. And you know, perhaps you know that's that's may not be something that's sort of easy for people to understand. But they they want to know that the people who are giving them instructions have authority. They want to know what they're doing all this week. I think there's been an expectation or a, or a thought, even from Steve Bruce himself, that you know perhaps he wouldn't be seeing that day out, and then he wouldn't be seeing the next day out, and yet here they are. That's not good when it comes to preparing, uh, you know, for a match. So they've said they've they've said the right things, and you know that's been very impressive and very heartening. But it, that does feel like a messy, the messy side to it. I'm going to go slightly off piece here, uh, Chris. I, I've got something that I want to ask you. Um, do you, do you do you honestly think this? I'm asking you this as a as a fan and not just as the host of this podcast. But do you honestly think Steve Bruce wants to be there and that he wants to carry on in this job? Because he said last week in an interview he wants the chance to be able to prove himself to the new owners. Now I know for a fact that there's around about eight million reasons why he wouldn't want to have that job and why he might want to, you know, shake hands, call it a draw and be on his way. Do you think, honestly, Chris, do you think Steve Bruce wants to be in this job now? I mean, that's a difficult question to answer in that I, I'm not Steve Bruce and I haven't spoken to him directly. But oh, you know, I, damn. <laughs> I do like bacon though, but... um. <laughs> But in in terms of, I I think that there's an acceptance from basically all sides really that that it probably would be a good idea for there to be a clean break. Um, I'm sure in an ideal world, if things had turned out differently, he would have loved the opportunity to have tried to 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 relaunch himself and to try and be part of this 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 new era that's going to be at Newcastle United. Steve Bruce two point oh. Steve Bruce two point oh. Yeah, Steve Bruce <laughs> one thousand and million games, whatever it is. Um, but I just I just think that there's too much water has passed under the bridge during his time at Newcastle. I think that 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 can't be forgotten about. I think he knows that that, that it's unlikely that it, it's felt untenable for a long while really and that inevitable that his, his, his relationship with a, a significant portion of fans at the very least has become uh, strained and probably irreparable so no I think that I think there's probably an acceptance from all sides that his days are numbered and probably should have really not even be there at this stage now but the reality is that he is and he has to prepare the team and the, the fact is Newcastle need to, the second bottom of the Premier League they need to get a victory on Sunday and they need Steve Bruce to be the man to be picking the team who's going to who's going to get them that victory Fair play, fair play. Um, there's been an awful lot of interest in this, obviously, from the uh, the fans and stuff like that. And there's been a lot of questions on the on the real time feed on the Athletic app. I'm going to just go to a few of those now, uh, Chris, and we'll 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 get some ideas about about answers to these questions. So Sean uh, on the real time app has asked, can you discuss from PIF's perspective why it might be a good idea to keep Steve Bruce in charge against Spurs? And Chris George, whoever wants to take that. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why good idea, but I mean, I think I think I would sort of phrase it slightly different and sort of say, well, they have a manager in place, and to to jettison the manager would cost a lot of money, 
and what would be the next step. And so if the next step is putting somebody in caretaker charge, then, well, we've got a manager. You know, so they've spent a lot of money to buy the club. And there is this sense that, okay, you know, Newcastle are now the richest team in the world, so they can do what they want. It's just not going to be run like that. If there's a big compensation package to be paid, there's a manager there, does it not make more sense to keep the manager there? Now, I think most of us would say no. Um, but, but, you know, we have to understand that those people aren't necessarily looking at Newcastle in the same way that that we do. And there is just a there is a big bureaucracy. I mean, I can't claim to have all the to to have any if let alone all the answers about the way they do business. But I have been told from you know from eighteen months ago that they're very very deliberate in what they do. There is a huge bureaucracy there that initially decisions that are going to take a long time to work themselves through. Now, that's no good in football long term. It's just not because you have to be fleet of foot, particularly when it comes to things like signing players. You have to be ready to move quickly. And so, but again, people who, who work for the for the consortium or the group, or however we want to call them, have predicted this um, all along. And that doesn't kind of make it feel better right right now. But we do have to... We do have to sort of see through it. People are going to get sick of hearing the phrase process and process driven. But that is the phrase that was used last week, process driven. This has to be process driven. And I think that once they get themselves sorted out and they get people in place, then perhaps things can can pick up a bit. I think, you know, from our perspective, it doesn't feel logical at all that Steve Bruce will be there. But we have to understand that the people making the, the final decisions... Um, might think differently, and I, you know, I can't emphasise this enough. The people, you know, the people who have been looking at Newcastle for a long time. There's, you know, of course, there's respect. There's there's respect for Steve Bruce there, and there, you know, there's a great deal of sort of satisfaction that Newcastle is still in the Premier League two year, you know, two years down the line, or after, you know, two very very difficult um, seasons. But I think the people who who sort of are doing you know the advising on the football know that a change is the right thing and I think Steve Bruce I think Steve Bruce knows that as well I mean I do think Steve Bruce knows that I mean I was thinking about this the other day you know and I thought I think the takeover might has come might have come as much of a surprise to well to Amanda Staveley and and PCP as it did to the rest of us in that they might have only found out about it a, a day or two before we did and that I get the I get the fact that they've suddenly now taken on a football club and they have to try and run it, and that 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 to me I think is a, is a massive thing. And <clears throat> I understand these things can take time, but if there isn't that infrastructure and that decision making process already in place, you would imagine anyone buying a football club would have all these things sorted out before they buy them. But if if the purchase just goes through suddenly, you you know you, you might not have all your ducks in a row. So I can kind of understand why. Uh, decisions are taking time. Um, Michael uh, on the Real Time app has asked, uh, is it true that Graham Jones doesn't want to be manager in remote otherwise? Uh, and if so, has this caught out the new owners? If they give Bruce his thousandth game as a leaving present, do you think the fans will give him a warm send-off? Chris, what do you think? Well, that's a two-pronged question. And in answer to the first one, which also is two-pronged in itself, interim or otherwise, I mean, there was never any <laughs> chance... four prongs. That's a double... Is it a double pivot question, this? Double pivot, double pivot, <laughs> triple-pronged. Um, but in terms of him being manager for or otherwise, that would suggest that he was in the running to be permanent. I don't think that was ever the case. I don't think Graham Jones 
who was last sacked by Luton Town and his only managerial job was ever in the running. In terms of whether he wanted to be interim, I think that's a difficult question to be able to answer. There have been sort of intimations from, from some sort of areas that maybe he, he suggested, he, he said privately he might not be keen, but equally, when you're actually asked to do it by the owners, I think it will be a very different scenario to if you haven't been asked. So I I, I haven't, I at least haven't got any information. George may differ. I don't know that, that he actually rejected the offer of being interim. I don't think that's ever been approached towards him. No, he's not been he's not been offered it and said no. I don't think that's I don't I really don't think that's the case. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. Let me do it for a couple of games. I'll do it. It can't be any worse, surely. Mm, yeah. In, in, ter- in terms of in terms of the thousandth that silence spoke volumes, didn't it? In terms it? of the thousandth game as a leaving present, do I think fans are giving him a warm send off? I, I think that's unlikely. But also in terms of giving him as a leaving present, the the issue with that as as a statement, as I've seen a few pundits out there say, is Newcastle are second bottom of the Premier League. They need to yeah, win a on. game. It's not it's not like it's not like we're two thirds of the way through the season. They're comfortably mid table or whatever. They need to win games and they need to win them now. They can't be that it can't be about sentiment if they decide Steve Bruce is the man to be in charge on Sunday then fine but that is the re- they have to do that for footballing reasons not because it's going to be his 1000th game in charge yeah you can't do that this is grown up shit isn't it you can't be messing about where that's concerned no <laughs> i'm sure the ideal scenario from from this point i'm not you know i'm not I, i'm not saying that most people would want him to be to be there on sunday but you know if he is the ideal scenario is newcastle win it's a great day it's celebratory um and that then means he can leave in those circumstances, which, you know, as a, as a, as a human, I mean, you know, we're in an environment which should be positive and which should be, you know, looking forward and forward thinking and all that. It would be nice to think, okay, it's been pretty shit, Steve, but thanks, you know, but thanks very much and we've won it. I mean, that would be a nice way for it to end, but there's, I'd, I'd be very surprised if people sort of portrayed it as a, as a leaving present, because as Chris said, it's not like he's Alex Ferguson. It's not like it's Arsene Wenger, and you know they've decided to, you know, to retire or or move on or whatever, and it's like saying goodbye. Newcastle are in, are in the shit. I mean, you know, we're in a difficult position, and it's this is. I'm not saying that the, the new regime gets defined by this first game, but there is a. There's a chance, you know. There's a ch- there's a chance in the first game that sort of momentum is so, so much behind the club and team and fans, and it's brilliant that, y- y- you know, that it it turns out really well. I mean, I hope that's the case, but I mean, I I think it's a I also think it's a gamble. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, just before we move on on the next bit, uh, let's. <laughs> this is a nice little uh, a nice little exchange that was on the real time feed. And uh, Martin and Victor had this lovely little exchange. How many Greg steak steak bakes can you buy with eight million pounds? Uh, well, hang on, hang on. Oh, go on. All oh, right, okay. Go on. How many? Well, they. I think they're one fifty five, aren't they? Something like that. Something like that. They've gone up a lot, though. I remember when they were ninety pence. Well, they're one fifty five. Victor replied. Oh, okay. He's given the answer. Go right. on. No, I don't know how many. I can't work that out. I'm shit at maths. It was five million one hundred sixty one thousand two hundred ninety point three steak. A, thir- a third of a steak bake. I mean, what is, is someone? Is someone going around mine sweeping steak bakes? Or <laughs> so if this, hang on. If point three of a steak bake is fifty is effectively fifty p, according to if it's. How much? What could you get instead? I mean, I would. Let's uh, not get into the maths. Well, no, but what could you get for fifty p at Greg's? That's what I'm saying. Uh, oh, can you get a donut? Biscuit, one of the biscuits. I don't get anything, can you? Not now. Yeah, maybe a biscuit. biscuit. So you can have five million one hundred sixty-one thousand two hundred ninety steak bakes and a biscuit. You need you need a drink. To be fair, this is this is the nightmare. This you do actually need a drink. So I would also. You do. You can't do that on a tour. 
Yeah, you can't do that without a drink. Anyway, let's move on. Thanks to Martin and Victor uh, and all of our subscribers for the questions and the comments. Uh, it can be a fascinating place, the real-time discussion section of The Athletic. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, you probably have to go part-time at work to get through all of the articles on The Athletic's Newcastle United feed at the moment. Uh, but the good news is you don't have to read them all. Uh, and as always, we have a podcast offer if you want to sign up. So get yourself to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod for a 33% discount on all of that lovely content that's a third off a new subscription at theathletic.com forward slash newcastle pod we'll be back in just a second this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right then. Uh, next up is the results. Hang on, I'm- Oh. I'm still chewing the steak bake. I was so hungry during that break. I've I had to nip out and buy a steak bake. I had to nip out and buy three million steak bakes. Actually. Yeah. So, oh, delicious! Absolutely delicious. When are the festive bakes back? I saw earlier. I think it's three weeks. Three weeks the festive. And there's also a vegan one this year. Oh, the festive bakes are amazing. I love them. We've given them enough. Uh, they don't yeah. sponsor us. You know. They've started following them, me on Twitter. You know, Greg's. I did. Oh, I was so excited. That says a lot yeah. about you as well. It's just like, it's Shut up! Like, Shut yeah, up! Their best, their Shut best your customers. mouth, Chris. <laughs> do they follow me? I don't know if they do. Quite jealous of me. Oh, I'm, I'm going to look for some kind of influencer-style sponsorship opportunity here, but I don't think I'll get one. Anyway, um, right, next up are the results of the Athletics NUFC fan poll. Um, I'm just going to blast some of these uh, uh, results out to you guys, and let's see what you think. Um Mike Ashley's reign. What do we think of Mike Ashley's reign? Uh, sixty. We think it's. We think it's over. <laughs> Done. Oh, finished. Sixty-six percent of people said it was disastrous. Thirty-three uh, percent said bad. One percent said okay. Those people need to get their heads checked. Uh, and I think quite damn in here. Naught percent said good. What do we think of that, George? I think naught percent is too high. I think you're right. Um, well, that's no surprise at all, is it? It's not, None is it? Of that is a surprise. No, I don't think we need. And so I think we've started that thing. I've, we've kind of tried to be, you know, newsy and ex- explain what's happening, what's not ha- not happening. It is still very nice to think that Mike Ashley isn't the owner of Newcastle. It is, yeah. So um, you know, so that question allows us to um, allows us to reconsider that for a moment. It still, it takes a bit of getting used to. I sort of, yeah, yeah, it still takes a bit of getting used to, doesn't it? 
I wonder where his horrendous boot-cut jeans are going to rock up next. Which club does he fancy destroying next? He's been linked to Derby, hasn't he? Derby, yeah, I've seen that. What about you, Chris? What do you think? I'm a little bit disappointed because it's pres- I, I presume this means that Dennis Wise has not uh, responded to this poll because I imagine he would have put good on this one. Um, so, uh... Real Ferdinand hasn't had a go either, has he? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised it was only 66% disastrous. Um, but I suppose there have been the odd, there were the odd nearly okay time, but the, the vast majority of it was disastrous. So Nearly okay. <laughs> well, but, but, but I mean, again, I mean, it's, you know, it's this. This it's like an expl- Mike Ashley or Newcastle explainer for you know. It's like Newcastle for dummies or whatever. Uh, disastrous. It depends what your definition of disastrous is. Newcastle are in a you know financially they're okay, and you know they're in the Premier League, and so we have to sort of recognise that that um, that you know we're not talking a liquidation moment. We're not talking about an administration moment. We're not talking about a team that's tumbled down the divisions. So um, it's. It's the, the the disaster is the is the sort of exist, existential stuff, isn't it? It's not the actual, it's not the financial stuff, and it's not the position that that they're in. But anyway, thank God we don't have to explain that anymore. I mean, we've got something else to explain, but at least it's um, at least it's different. Well, I've seen I've seen this this aimed at us a few times at, at Newcastle fans a few times this week, and people saying, you know, it could be worse. You could be Sunderland. You could be Bury. You could be any host of other clubs. Um, I think the thing is those clubs have gone through really bad times and, and that what they have gone through and what those fans have suffered is it, it is no laughing matter whatsoever. But I think with Newcastle, it's just been nothingness. And I think that 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 feels not worse, maybe, but there's been no peaks and no troughs with us. It's just been no. nothing, just numbness for, for 14 years. And but that's why... But, yeah. I don't know. I just that's not what football's about, is it, George? You, you know, you have your moments no, of no, euphoria, it, and you have your you have the bad points as well, and you take them in your stride. But to just have nothing, that just ugh, just feels awful. And that's it. And it's it's about the whole, whole idea of a club. I think sometimes when clubs go through very bad moments, like you know, like Sunderland, I suppose when they went down to the League One, and suddenly you know they've got thirty thousand people turning up. I'm not saying any part of what they've kind of been through has been good, but it, it can rally people together. Yeah. And it's, you know, they've had four years of shit in League One. I'm not trying to sort of down downplay that at all, but it's, there is no empathy in football. I mean, it's like Arsenal fans, you know, you, you look from the outside and think Arsenal fans when Arsene Wenger's manager and they're not happy and they're qualifying for the Champions League every season, but it's not enough. They're not winning things. It's, but it's, you, you have to listen to Arsenal fans to understand that. And the point is that when, when they were going, when they were winning things every year or when they were, you know, competing for their, for their title, you know, they felt like they were straining for something. They've got now an ownership that didn't feel like that. And it was like this symbol of not being good enough. You have to put yourself in your own, you know, you have to put yourself in other people's shoes, and it's very different in football because we don't give a shit about anybody Anybody else. else. Yeah, you know, very true. And and there are plenty of clubs who would like to, who would love to be in someone's position right now with the infrastructure they've got, and you know the fan base that they've got. There's always somebody worse off than you. So anyway, at least we don't have to explain Mike Ashley to anybody anymore. Definitely not. Uh, the next question: uh, Should Steve Bruce go? Uh, an emphatic ninety-seven percent said yes, and three percent said no. It'd be interesting to think, find out the reasons behind that three percent no answer, Chris. What do you think with that ninety-seven percent say Steve Bruce should go? Uh, I think they're going to be disappointed listening at the start of this podcast because he, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that as things stand, he isn't looking like he's going to go in in the short term. I mean, this is 
the three percent could be Newcastle fans. Obviously, this this went out on the Athletic uh, app, so so there could be people from uh, other clubs as well, uh, fans of other clubs causing mischief with that. But I th- I think that l- there may be, as I say, there may be some Newcastle fans who who want them to stay. But I think that this shows that the sort of when you when you don't when you you're not actually here when you're not actually in in the region and speaking to fans then maybe you don't quite understand exactly uh, the feeling about Steve Bruce and the, and the feeling that that he needs to go and this I think that this poll would have been very similar even before takeover um, that, that, that there was this sentiment that, that Steve Bruce needed to go because there was a feeling that he wasn't uh, doing a good enough job with the squad that he had and we actually had a I had an exchange with one of our editors earlier who when he was seeing it he, he mentioned this idea that, that was mentioned earlier about oh you know if you if they'd announced it was going to be his thousandth game and big send off and it's like yeah but he, they've won seven of the last 37 games what? in all competitions yeah. they haven't won any of their eight matches in all competitions so far this season, they've conceded uh, the joint highest number of goals in the Premier League this season. Their second bottom. This is there are a lot of footballing reasons why supporters have got issues with Bruce. There's a lot of other reasons why some supporters have issues with Bruce. I, I've seen a lot on my in my replies on social media about his press conference tomorrow and people talking about the language that he uses, which we've gone into a lot before. So I think there's a there's a heck of a lot of reasons, and that is, I mean, that is that that result is is, is a resounding result, really. It is. Uh, let's move on. We've got a few to get through here. Um, next manager. I mean, let's forget the numbers on this because nobody knows. And Rafa was second in the uh, in the percentages, despite there being absolutely no chance of him of him ever coming. In. And that and that says quite a lot. Uh, Antonio Conte topped that out as well as being the kind of fans' favourite. But there's lots of talk of Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. Uh, Lots of other names in there, Ralph Ragnarok, and all sorts of players, uh, all sorts of people in the in the managers running. George, what's the kind of what's the the mood like at the minute with regards to the manager or potential managers? I mean, this this could be something that might go on for a while. And I would have thought maybe as a director of football or director of operations might have been a a, a first uh, appointment rather than a manager. Yes, I don't think they're at that stage again. I yeah. mean, I think I think a manager, I think a manager comes first. That's my um, that's my kind of reading of where we are. I mean, they their their football advisors have compiled the list, and you know, so people are all these things are being discussed internally. I mean, it's you know, Steve Bruce is still there, so we have to you know be be sort of very conscious of that. But they are considering it. I mean, things like Rafa, obviously, he would be the perfect fit for all the reasons yeah. that we know. Uh, both the fact that he knows the club and he builds clubs and he can do, you know, he could be involved in training ground and infrastructure. They just know that that's not going to happen yeah. because he just won't leave contracts and things. Um, you know, there's been various others like Brendan Rodgers mentioned and him ruling himself out. I don't think he was ever on that list. Um, but, you, you know, we could sort of go through all this and it would take, you know, we could uh, we could kind of go, go through this and not sort of get anywhere. I mean, they have to, you know, they have to kind of formally formally get rid of the manager they've got or, you know, formally decide what they're doing with him first and then sort of move on to the next one. In terms of director of football, I mean, I think what they're going to do is they are going to spend a while, a few weeks, and they're going to see what, they, again, they're going to see what they've got internally. They're going to sort of report on that. They'll write a report. They'll they'll get together and sort of then decide. And by that point, hopefully the, the decision-making uh, structure is a bit... Is a bit clearer, you know. There isn't a CEO there. They've got, they've got um, Lee Charnley is still there. They've asked him to stay on, and he might stay on for a little while longer in a temporary sense. I mean, so this is, this is where they are. They're having names thrown at them. They're having, you know, they're pulling out feelers and things like that. I just think they're a, they're a way away 
from those bigger structural reforms. But, you know, they need a manager, and I think that would be the first one. It might not make sort of, yeah, in, in, theoretically, you would sort of want a sporting director in place first, but I think, um, you know, we'll have to see if that happens in the first place. Okay, we'll just rattle through these last few here because we're, we're, uh, we're struggling to get through for time. Um, there was a question, who is to blame for the takeover delay? 47% said the Premier League, 24% said B in sports, 22% said other. Um, that's an interesting category for me. Does that include everyone? That's quite strange. I'm not sure what how, how that works. Is Chris Woff included in other? I don't well, know. Well, I get blamed for most things by George, so I'll accept that. <laughs> 7% said Mike Ashley was to blame for the takeover delay, which is an interesting one. Um, the next one, um, does Saudi Arabia's human rights record concern you? Um, this was quite eye-opening for me, I, th- I thought, and, and quite heartening as well to read this. 83% yes and 17% no. I think that kind of puts to bed a lot of questions and uh, statements I've seen this week about Newcastle fans not giving a shit about the Saudi Arabian human rights record. And... You know, you look at those numbers and 83% say, yes, they do. Yes, yes, it does concern them. And I think that's quite right. Um, also, do you believe there's a difference between the PIF and Saudi Arabia? 31% say yes and 69% say no. Um, and finally, would Saudi human rights record put you off going to ho- going to a home game or going to a game, sorry, uh, or spending money at the club? Uh, 29% said yes and 71% said no. These are questions, chaps, that we're going to have to answer and face up to and see a lot now, aren't we, uh, George? It's this is this is now part of the conversation, and we have to be aware of it. Oh yeah, and it's like you know, in the kind of many many interviews I've done, um, since it sort of happened, it's it's you know those questions have been part of every single one, and quite rightly. Um, but yeah, we do have to get we do have to get used to it, and you know, I did did a little bit on football focus. Um, at the weekend, and it was the first question. It was the first question that I was asked. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and I've written about it, and yeah, I mean, it, I'm also heartened by that number. One of the sort of small ironies. It's not a sort of happy irony, but one of the small ironies is that I do feel much more aware of Saudi human rights than I was six, eighteen months ago, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm pleased about that because the stuff I've read has been. Um, horrific and and traumatizing, and um, you know I don't. Um, it, it's something that's very difficult. It's for, something very difficult to sort of process, and where you put the sort of all the contradictory bits of it in in your own head, and how you justify it to yourself, or 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 whatever. And uh, yeah, some people might not want to do that or need to do that, but you know I, I I'll I'll go on the record again. I don't want I don't want Saudi money. Um, at Newcastle United, and I don't, I don't think it should be. But um, and these 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 issues sort of torment me on the inside. Um, at the same time, the rules, you know, the, according to the rules of the Premier League, which have, uh, you know, which have allowed the ownership and director test to be passed. You know, Newcastle have got through it, just like you know, Russian money got through it, just like. Um, Chinese money has got got through it. I don't, you know, Newcastle fans don't set those rules, and so if you know, we've seen those other clubs get that transformative investment, and if new, you know, Newcastle fans can look at what's happened and and say, according to the rules of the game that everybody else is playing by, this takeover has gone through, and you know, they're excited by it, and I, I don't, I don't sort of 
you know, there's no judgment from from me on that because at the same time as being appalled, I'm also excited. So, I don't really know what to do with those emotions. It's very tricky. Absolutely. I mean, since the since the news broke, I mean, last week there was a mix of kind of relief and 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 euphoria at the same time with Mike Ashley leaving and 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 the club being taken over. I have to admit to being really conflicted at the minute. And 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 the. There's been an awful lot of soul searching this week. Um, I'm I'm still not sure how I feel about this, Chris. I don't know if you're in the same sort of park as I am, but I'm I'm really not sure about all this, and I think it's going to take a while before I am sure about it. I'm exactly the same, and I think that's the problem that maybe I have had personally and George maybe over the last week is that we haven't had even time to really step back and i've been asked like george i've been i've I've had done various interviews i've been asked by various people and there just hasn't been the time to sit back and even think through all of these uh, issues and i do feel conflicted in many ways and 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 i don't know and i think i think it could be Yes, even I, I, there was a, there was a very good piece on the Athletic uh, earlier this week by uh, our colli- colleague Jack Prickbrook, who is a, a Man City fan, and he said that it took him years to to figure out how he felt about the Man City regime and and, and their links with with uh, Abu Dhabi, and in the end, I think that he doesn't really go as a fan anymore. So we may end up feeling differently in a few years. We equally we may we may find a different way to, to sort of reconcile it with ourselves. I don't know how I feel, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. And, I, and I'm sure that so many fans out there, when I speak to them, that sounds exactly how they feel as well. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Rexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right then, Spurs uh, on Super Sunday, a lucky break for the TV schedulers, uh, and this will be our first taste of football with the eyes of the world suddenly uh, back on Tyneside. And we talked in our emergency podcast, chaps, about being graceful as fans uh, with this uh, new situation we have, and inevitably there is going to be some silliness. Uh, what do we want to see at St James's Park on Sunday? I, I, I think the atmosphere is going to be really weird based on everything that's going on at the moment yes i think well i think it's going to be i think it's going to be noisy i mean i do think it's going to be noisy and i do think what is that positive noisy or negative noisy that's the problem isn't it yeah i mean no no i mean i think there's going to be kind of a sense of release and and relief i do think there'll be be that and so i think it'll be a, a positive atmosphere we know that war flags are back in there at the minute which is kind of great news um you know they've helped so much 
to to bring a positive attitude to the stadium and obviously you've not been there recently for for kind of well publicized and understandable reasons you know i i hope it's that sort of atmosphere i you know it we're now assuming that steve bruce is going to be there and i think that makes it peculiar it does threaten to make it a bit peculiar and it'll be interesting to see what happens if and when the game doesn't go the right way um but you know, I hope what I hope to see, what I want to see more than anything is I want to see Newcastle win. I mean, I, that's that is the short term thing, um, and you know, I sort of want, yeah, I want. Um, I hope that we 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 are, we are all sort of conscious of the fact that people are going to be looking and and watching on in a way that you know with curiosity. You know, who are this team? You know, there might be a bit of that kind of going on who don't know. So, it would be good to sort of put on the best best. Front, I hope that when people take the when our players take the knee at the start, that there's a good good response to that. And I just you know I just hope that we sort of try to show um, show ourselves off in a positive way. And how do we do that? Well, we make noise and it's posit- and it's and it's um, it's raucous. And I hope that's what we have in store. Absolutely, Chris. Can we predict how this is going to affect the players at all? Do you think it's it it's certain to have a huge impact, but just what kind of impact? I'd like to think it'll have a positive impact. Having more flags back it should should create a wonderful mm, atmosphere yeah. pre-game. Everyone remembers who's been to St James's uh, pre twenty nineteen, the end of the twenty nineteen season, how much of an impact they could have. I just remember vividly before the Liverpool game, which I think was the last display that they did, was just it just made it such a special occasion and it really did drive yeah, on the players. It was great. And so I think that, that will give them um that will give them an extra boost. Whether Steve Bruce being on the touchline, whether that has a positive or, or negative effect, I'm not really sure in terms of obviously it depends how Newcastle start. I think the fans really will get behind the team and will stay behind the team, but if they fall behind, then how how the atmosphere changes in that sense will, will be will be interesting to see. And I honestly can't I honestly can't predict what will happen with that. But I think that for the players, as we said earlier, it's been a bit of a disruptive week. It's been there's been uncertainty, which is never ideal. But now the focus just needs to be well, well, that's why we still really do need confirmation. Is Steve Bruce going to be there on Sunday? Because at least then the players would have two days of training of knowing that, and then that they can focus the minds a little bit more. Whereas at the minute, they still are going in tomorrow, and none of us are one hundred percent sure that Steve. We expect Steve Bruce now. The likelihood is he's probably going to be there on Sunday, but we still don't even know that one hundred percent. Yeah, and George Spurs are not in great form at the minute. They're a bit up and down, aren't they? And, and Harry Kane isn't hitting uh, hitting the target. I don't think he scored yet this season, has he? Um, but they're still a dangerous team, and they've got dangerous players, haven't they? So Newcastle are going to have to be on the game. Yeah, they've won the last couple of games. They've they they had a very heavy victory in the Europa Conference League or whatever it is, albeit against a team I've never heard of. And then they've uh, they've just beaten Aston Villa. But prior to that, you know, they they were in a sticky patch, and their away form. Hasn't been great, albeit um, a couple of tricky matches, but they've conceded three goals to Arsenal, they've conceded three goals to Chelsea, and they conceded three goals to Tottenham. So um, that's not a great, not a great run away, away from home. I suppose if we're thinking about what we would like to see, I mean, I know, you know, we've talked about the agonies of the, the way Newcastle play. I, you know, th- there might be excuse. There might actually just be an excuse on Sunday. To, to have a go and I know that's not a very sophisticated thing to say but um, you know bearing in mind that frailty they've shown if it's one of those force of nature days at St James's where everybody is bang up for it and the team start like that and 
the crowd respond and you know the crowd's the crowd's first response is not to sort of think oh shit here we go again you know perhaps there's a you know there's an ex- there's a, there's a chance to sort of showcase if that's the right word particularly if Callum Wilson's back you know that Newcastle do have some okay decent good attacking players and you know that might be a way of getting getting at them come on you maggies Great. Well, let's just have another quick rummage in my bulging bag of mail uh, before we finish up. Uh, Ed has asked, are we confident that the new owners can get us out of this relegation battle? Might they be planning for relegation? Chris, what do we think? I certainly don't think that they're, that they're planning for relegation. I mean, they're talking about Amanda Stavely saying she wants to be competing for the Premier League in, in five to ten years' time. That would be a big misstep in that plan, wouldn't it, getting relegated? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I mean, the, 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 real, the reality is Newcastle are in the relegation zone and haven't won a game this season. So it is a genuine fear that fans understandably have. And this team at the moment, their borderline relegation form for the last 38 games as well. I think they've taken 37 points from the last 38 games, which had only just survived in the last few seasons. So I, I, I think that they're, they're confident they will get a relegation battle. They will look to strengthen the squad in January, albeit not throwing hundreds of millions. And we expect sort of George wrote in his, uh, his mailbag on The Athletic this week, he expected sort of early indications, maybe 40, 50 million on, on a few players to strengthen certain areas. So no, I don't th- I don't think they're planning for relegation. I think they I think they're very much aiming higher than that. Fair play. And one more before we finish up. George, I'll come to you with this one. And Paul C has said uh from the recent request for an emergency meeting uh at the Premier League, I get the feeling the rest of the Premier League are not too fond on our new ownership. Uh do you think this will have a detrimental effect on transfers in or out with Premier League teams, e.g. Uh, inflated fees for new signings, lower ball offers for sales or even an agreement not to trade with Newcastle whatsoever what do we think about that George yeah it's a good it's a it's a sort of interesting it's a sort of interesting general subject we know that they yeah had this had this meeting and there's dissatisfaction we have to remember that uh, you know Mike Ashley has effectively been been in conflict with the rest of the Premier League over the takeover Amanda Staveley talked about how uh, she worked with with Richard Masters and and Hoffman at the Premier League and sort of had 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 sort of built bridges with them. But there is you know there is if not reputational damage there is um, I think there are sort of relationships to heal there a little bit in terms of inflated fees. I just think because of who the owners are, you know that's going to cause problems in spite of the fact that you know they're not they're not looking to run. The club in the in the you know they're not going to be spending hundred million pound on on one player in January. Yeah, um, it's not that sort of thing. They are going, but people will see them coming now, and so people will try and take advantage. That's something they've got to, you know, that's something um, that's going to be a reality of it. In terms of not trading, I mean, I did, everyone's everyone's out for themselves. So if there's a bargain to be had or if there's a deal to be done, people will do deals. I don't have I don't have concern about that. Well, I, for one, look forward to our £75 million bid for James Tarkovsky in January, and that should be great fun. Anyway, that's it for another week. Thanks a lot for listening, and also thank you to everybody who listened to our emergency pod last week in the general aftermath of the takeover happening. It, it, we got some fantastic numbers on that. It was our most uh, popular episode ever, for obvious reasons, and it saw us hit the dizzying heights of 13th. 6th in the... Oh, no, 6th. I wanted us to be 13th. No, no, no. Sixth. Top six form already. I know, nosebleed section uh, wow. of the, the chartable uh, Apple podcast of the sixth most popular football podcast in the country. So thank you so much for everyone who listened. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you, everyone. 
yeah absolutely wonderful stuff um and we will be back on our regular schedule next tuesday uh we did push the the, the pod back this week but thank you for sticking with us and thank you for listening so we will be back to our regular slot and as you know lance if i've learned one thing in this business is that you've got to stay regular uh for now (laughs) it's goodbye from george and chris say bye-bye chaps bye-bye chaps ta-ra lovely stuff uh and it's goodbye from me take care of yourselves we'll see you on the other side bye-bye Athletic.